This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks and today we have a very exciting show for you. We're going to talk about Moldavite, a wonderful gem from the celestial heights from the stars above. We're going to talk about the caverns in Atlanta. We'll talk about the agate market. Believe it or not, there's actual uh, market measurements and things like that for the agate market. We're going to talk about these mysterious glass spheres that have been found in Florida. Um, are they due to a meteor strike? That's the question. Also, a discovery of a huge shark tooth that was found here in the United States in Florida. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about um, some rocks that were vandalized, um, possibly during all these protests and uh, riots and such. Could be a result of that. Hard to say. Also, uh, NASA rock collections, as they uh, get ready to go rock collecting, and also get ready for human habitation on Mars. We'll look at rubies and a whole lot more, guys. Um, also, I just want to let you know that when you see our podcasts and they say Radical Rocks news and updates and things like that, Radical Rocks shows that every single one of these episodes is going to have some interesting information in it that's timeless. Um, I renamed it the Rock Show, Rock and Jim Lapidary Show, whatever, Radical Rock Show, and I put the title of whatever one of the main highlights of the subjects in that episode will be, because it is timeless. So every one of those shows, even if it says news, that's not something that's just going to be a bunch of irrelevant, out-of-date information. Now, I might talk about an event or something as a side point. Of course, those events could have passed, but the information is still valid, okay? Now, guys, one more thing before we get into today's exciting episode is uh, I've been out on the road to Idaho and such, visited some rock shows, or rock shops, rather, and I have sent pictures of some of the samples that I looked at. I'll be sending some more at some of the samples that I picked up. You'll see those on our Facebook group located at Radical Rocks or our page at Radical Rocks. But anytime you want to get any one of our links, you just go to our blog. Our blog is at radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. And I always put the description uh, in the description. I put a address there so you can find that. At the bottom of every blog is all our links for YouTube, for the podcast, for the blogs, for the social media groups and all that, that you can join and be a part of for free. So come on over, get educated, share some of your knowledge, um, be a part of the community. Help us keep rock hounding alive. Um, it's very educational what we're doing here. We've got some really dedicated members that are helping out, and uh, we've been growing quite a bit. We've got almost 2,000 downloads on our podcast. Our membership on uh, Facebook groups is over 1,000, and uh, we're just growing every day. So come be a part of that. So let's get right into it, guys. Um, one of the first things I noticed, and I'm not going to go into the article in depth on this, but it seems like colored gemstones, if you've listened to some of our rock and gem shows the past several weeks, Colored gemstones are all the rage right now, and there's a lot of people estimating that the value is going to go up. So this is something you may want to invest in. And also, rubies are hot right now. Queen Elizabeth, um, Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge, they love rubies. Um, there's five pieces that are being um, looked at from Tiffany's and different big gem and mineral um high-end sales and things like that, that's also putting pressure on the market. But it's it's like everything else. That goes um, 
trickles downhill. So if you're looking at an alternative investment, this could be good. If you want to read this article and see these beautiful rubies that are displayed here, this was published on June the 6th in scmp.com. And you can just look up Queen Elizabeth and rubies and that should pop right up. Now next, um, something that I thought was interesting, and this I didn't talk about in the beginning, but something I added, is there is a huge uh, discovery in the Tombstone, Arizona area, what is being looked at as some good silver deposits there. So who knows, maybe this area is going to be opened up to more silver discoveries and things like that. Um, and that, I think, is interesting. You can find that at Yahoo, uh, finance.yahoo.com. And that was written on June the 5th. Aztec Minerals is what it's under. And that will tell you about this discovery that they have. Now, speaking of discovery, the Discovery Channel has a new TV show coming up that you might be interested in. If you're into rocks and minerals, maybe you're into fossils too. Because Dino Hunters, that is it. Discovery Channel's new series, Dino Hunters, premieres in June. And this is all about people digging up these fossils from T-Rexes and Triceratops and dis new discoveries and everything. This is going to be premiering on June the 19th at 9 p.m. E uh, Eastern uh, it says ET slash PT, so Eastern Pacific Time on the Discovery Channel. Check it out. You can look that up. I looked it up on the uh, Tampa Dispatch Bay Area News is where I found it, and the website is tampadispatch.com, and that article, it says today's date on it, so I don't know if that's correct. Tuesday. Tuesday. So you should be able to look that up, no problem. They're going to be doing it mostly in Montana, and the guys that do it are experts. Uh, cowboy here, Mike Harris from Wyoming, is a real cowboy, uh, so they say here, working cattle and stuff, and I believe they found some of this stuff on their ranches, or they have permission from other ranchers. Several other gentlemen who are going to be back doing this, I won't tell you all about it, but it looks like a darn good show something I would be interested in. Next, I want to talk about Mars. This is a really cool article I could spend a lot of time on, but I'm just going to hit the highlights again. Go to astronomy.com, and this is in a June 2020 issue. NASA uh, Perseverance Rover, how it works and what it will do. They are planning on sending up so much stuff to Mars some of it's going up uh, sooner than later. I'm not going to give you all the dates and stuff, but I'm going to tell you kind of general what's going on. This piece of equipment here is a super prospector, super rock collector that will be collecting um, everything from dust, weather. They'll be looking for ice. It'll be looking um, for uh, calcite crystals, how they formed. Is it an evidence that water once existed there? They're going to be landing on the crater. They feel that there could be some water or minerals there. Let me turn that off. They're working on um, little uh, jets that take off and will land this thing in different terrains so that it doesn't waste a lot of time having to um, drive around and stuff. So it'll get right to the point and uh, be going on its way, experimenting, testing, and looking to see, uh, among many things, uh, for water. Also, if there's a way they can make fuel 
if there's a way they can make oxygen. So they're working on all this stuff right now. It's not not completed, but the science is there. It's all possible. They just have to see the best way to do it. And they have a device called the, it's spelled J-E-Z-E-R-O, Jezero, it looks like zero, Jezero Crater is what it is. And they'll be exploring that, looking for this water and everything else and bringing back samples to Earth. But doing all these tests will be key to finding out if they can actually build reserves of oxygen. They've got these machines that can actually make oxygen now. Um, Some of the issues are dealing with carbons. They have an x-ray machine that will x-ray and do different types of scans on these rocks and minerals. They're looking, they have a chart here. If you want to go to this astronomy.com, you can see how they can look at the conglomerates, the mudstones. They can look at chert. They can look for chromite, um, look for the different types of... um, uh, carbonite, uh, pyrite, zircon, all these things that will give them some information to what some sort of water or life would have looked like on the surface of Mars. And it is really incredible um, that they are doing all this. It's all in the works, and uh, some of the stuff is moving forward. But the main goal, besides looking for the water and dealing with these little devices that will create the oxygen and fuel, is to be able to get people on Mars. Now, sometimes people ask me, well, what do you think? Do you think they're going to find life? Um, do you think they're going to find water? I think they could. I mean, they've already, they already know that there's water out there in space. Um, They've already found um, indications of that. I think they'll probably find bacterias and stuff like that, but honestly, I don't think they're going to find any life. But you never know. You never know. So next, um, this is kind of interesting. Without getting into politics, but just stating the facts, there's been a lot of rioting. um, There's been a lot of damage. There's been a lot of destruction going on. And um, this is not just... Um, being isolated to our cities. In the article uh, out there, colorado.com, an article called Fragile Rock Formations Vandalized at Paint Mines Interpretive Park in uh, Colorado. And you can go there to the website and you can see that, you know, some of these people are writing, you know, love, love is love. They're doing it in all these different colors, uh, pink and purple and red. Um, and blue, and they have hearts and things like this, but they have done this in an area where these rocks are protected. Um, they're very fragile. It's a beautiful outcrop, very distinct. Hikers and such travel to see these in the uh, Paint Mines Interpretive Park near Calhand. Um, they go to see this all the time, and this is being destroyed. And this is not the way to um, to state um, a political uh, feeling on these beautiful outcrops that are there. And yeah, they've really been destroyed. It looks like some of it's starting to smear and come off um, because the rock is so fragile um, and uh, does not really take take to the paint too well. So that's a shame, folks. If you see anything like that, be sure and report it to um, the proper authorities so that they can deal with it. And hopefully we can preserve these things. Now, next, um, we got a you know couple little things on fossils this week. Not a whole lot. Um, everything's kind of repetitive on the fossils from last week, so I tried to just stick with the new things. But this is awesome. This woman found this tooth. It is as big as her hand. It's huge. You can see it on OrlandoSentinel.com, and that was written on June the 10th. 
and this thing is almost six inches long. It is a megalodon tooth that was found in a muddy river bank um, in uh, central Florida at the Venice Beach area. So pretty cool. Um, the folks are from uh, South Carolina, and um, it, it's kind of confusing, but it says that uh, the tooth from an ancient predator megalodon is a muddy river Muddy River Bank toward Charleston. So maybe they found it in South Carolina. Kind of confusing me the way they talked about Florida in here. But it says in Venice, people flock from all over the world to pull teeth from uh, Makos, bulls, and tiger sharks. But the grand prize is the ancient apex shark, the Megalodon. So even those people from South Carolina, I guess they found this shark tooth. Um, let's see. They found it in May while hunting for teeth in the Stony River area near Charleston. So it is in Charleston. I don't know why they're talking about Florida in the same article. Kind of confusing, but there's a picture of it here. They've got a little video if you want to check it out. Um, the thing was sold for, gosh, what was it? $2,600, I think, I saw in here somewhere. So um, it was put up for auction in December and sold. The unofficial largest tooth is six and a half inches, which sold an auction in December for $2,600, including fees. Um, the Megalodon was four to five times bigger than an average great white shark, meaning it was about 60 feet long, according to the University of Florida. Wow, a shark like that could just eat a whole team of uh, people, not just one. That's just amazing. All right, now we're going to find out about these strange glass spheres. And we're getting close to getting into our main topic of the day, Moldavite. But let's talk about these strange glass spheres. In the article discovermagazine.com, uh, I'm not sure the date on here. Let's see if it's got it. Um, it is not here. It's written by um, Jeannie Erdman and June 10th. It says, strange glass spheres found in ancient Florida clams point to a meteor strike. So as today we're going to talk about meteorites, uh, a meteor, something that's said to have come from meteorites, Moldavite, I thought this was interesting. There's these fossil beds in Florida known as the uh, pin or pine crest beds. They're ancient clams. They're in this mix of sand and clay that's kind of uh, um, you know, clumped together. And inside these clams, they're looking for these single-celled organisms, which make the shells kind of take on a different um, shape uh, at the time. And what happened is this one professor um, has looked at them and discovered that there's something very interesting in these clams, these little spheres. Now, under this uh, microscope, they're seeing that these are actually looking as if they, under an X-ray um, spectro, spectro uh, scope or scopy i guess they are looking at them they're very silica rich and they are tectites which means they are from meteors this is meteor meteor type glass so they can tell that by looking at it under a microscope it's pretty cool now he wants to do a study to find out now exactly how that got in there what kind of effect that's going to have um you know on the fossil record and information like that but um unfortunately this area was covered up for the most part and has been filled in for real estate development so they have no way to dig for any more so if anybody has some um they're asking you know that they um 
could you know maybe spare a few so they can check out these and they're not just tectites they're micro tectites they're very tiny and help them solve this mystery of these little glass spheres and how they got into these clams and what kind of effect that would have on telling the story of fossils now here's something pretty interesting um it's farmersledger.com uh, an article that was written here in highlighting of all things all kinds of agate uh, this was written on June the 11th. It says it's an in-depth analysis of lace agate market and resource, re, uh, re, re, resources. And uh, they did research on this. But it's just so interesting. I didn't get the report. Um, they want you to sign up uh, your name and address and all that. But it's indicating that the COVID-19 market has had some sort of effect on this. And they talk about several of the companies that are supplying this lace agate. Um, and it's big enough that they're actually doing this corporate kind of report on where it's headed, what it's doing, what, what's happened through the COVID report. It makes you think, wow, you know, we're talking about colored gemstones as an investment. What about these type of things? A lot of these are from China, um, looks like Asian name countries um, that I, I couldn't pronounce right. But uh, Yasin and Sohil Agate, Te Yak Pheasant, Anatola. Uh, Ravine, Hong Shanyu. I mean, there's all these names I can't read, but these are all these different companies that are producing this lace agate um, and selling it across the world. So pretty interesting. If you are wanting to invest in something a little different uh, or you're just an agate nut like me, you might want to fill out and check that out. Our next article, um, which one is this on? I think this is on looks like it has possibly redirected me there was a article i had on um oh here it is on caverns okay it's at ajc.com uh and it is the atlanta news now and the article is where is it what's it called it's about caverns exploring the caverns at atlanta uh cathedral cavern state park um, they've resumed their tours. There's pictures here. There, uh, you can do gemstone mining if you're on the surface. There's uh, several hundred acres above ground, but if you go underground, you're going to see one of the largest stalactites in the world, or stalagmites in the world, that measures 45 feet tall and 243 feet in uh, circumference. They have some interesting um, shapes. One's called the caveman. Looks like a, a, they call it a flowstone wall, a frozen waterfall, a stalagt, uh, stalagmite forest, uh, improbable stone formation, a stalagmite that is 27 feet tall and three inches wide. Really cool. Um, you can go here and look at all the information on that. They even have another uh, link to another um, cavern called the DeSoto Caverns, and you can see a video on that. And uh, it's pretty neat, something you might want to take your family to. All right? So let's look at Rock and Jim News from Rock and Jim Magazine. Uh, we're not sponsored by them, but we think that's a great magazine. If you want to subscribe to it, you can look that up yourself. It's Rock, the letter N, and then Jim.com. Today, their thoughts, uh, Thursday thoughts May your trails be crooked, winding, lonesome, dangerous leading to the most amazing view. May your mountains rise into and above the clouds. 
Edward Abbey. So kind of cool, something to think about when you're in nature walking and uh, enjoying what nature has to offer um, from rocks and minerals and animals and plants and scenery and all those wonderful things. Now, for our keynote topic today, Moldavite. Let me get a swig of coffee here. All right, this uh, information is taken primarily from geology.com. Um, I am working on a blog on Moldavite and um, accumulating information from many different uh, sources and my own past experiences, but it's not quite done yet. But I thought I would just go ahead and do a blog on it because it's really so interesting. Moldavite is the rock that is from the celestial heights. It is the thing that stars are made of. It is a meteorite, a meteorite that hit the earth many, many years ago and went into the Republic of Czech. It spread throughout uh, into Germany, um, Austria, and other areas, but it's primarily found in uh, Czech. And the name Moldavite uh, comes from the name of the river where this primarily impacted uh, many millions of years ago, according to uh, these experts. And some of these formations are spectacular. They are um, veined, and uh, a lot of them are kind of round or shaped. And um, this was from the extreme heat. Uh, they could have, uh, you know, cooled on the way down and uh, landed in these shapes. It's likely that that's uh, what happened. Or it could have hit the ground and then splattered into all these pieces. And many of them would have, uh, you could just imagine the them flying through the earth at this huge, tremendous speed, the impact, and then these pieces flying off and cooling in the air. They're not like drops. They're um, typically a little more flat and uh, kind of, some of them look a little bitrudal, but most of them have like this veinage in them. And um, they range from a dark green to a light green, and uh, sometimes, very rarely, they're almost a blue color. And uh, some of them that are from certain parts of the country are more a little bit brown around the edges and such. Uh, some of the yellow ones can be as light yellow that they're almost a kind of yellowish green and uh, get as dark where they're almost a darkish brownish green. So they can be very translucent. They're oh, pretty much opaque or, um, uh, you know, um, yeah, I guess that's the word. And they are a silica glass. They're very silica rich. The specific gravity is about three point, uh, excuse me, two point uh, three to two point four. They're about five to five point five on the hardness scale. So these are used as uh, valuable, semi-precious uh, gemstones. And finding the big ones that are several carats are much much rarer when they are in perfect quality. They often do have uh, some sort of inclusions. These inclusions can help you identify whether it is genuine Moldavite um, or not because the meteors have a different type of inclusions than the you know regular glass that you would find here on the earth from a volcanic source. So there is uh, keys and tricks to checking 
uh, for real Moldavite, and I'll leave that for my blog. But uh, if you're interested in these, these can be purchased um, for a small one for your collection on eBay or other sources from anywhere from $10, $20 on up, as high as you can imagine for more spectacular specimens. The rare, most desired colors are the um, dark green, and of course the shapes and size also um, add to or take away from the value of the mineral. So they have a nice little map here. You can see where this uh, crater impacts were. There was a couple of them. And um, you can see where all of these uh, big, heavy collecting areas are in the south. And uh, also a little bit more toward the north, I believe, in the uh, Brno area. But that is the main area where they are collected, is there in uh, Czech Republic, um, just above uh, Austria and just to, I believe that would be the east of Germany, okay? Um, so yeah, the map shows the locations of the rise and the Steinheimen impact craters along with generalized areas where Moldavite has been found. Impact bodies arrived from the southwest and formed the Rice and Steinheim craters when they hit. The force of the impact splashed Moldavite and other debris to the northeast, forming a strewn field covering parts of Germany, Austria, and the Czech Republic. So this is a really cool, interesting story of a gemstone that has come to us from the heavens. They have a nice picture of Moldavite here. It looks like uh, held up to the sun. It glows green like a beautiful tropical leaf, but the, the veinage on it is just all through it. Um, it is There's no particular pattern, but uh, it is a very rich bottle green color, and um, there is... Uh, feathering on the surface. Sometimes some of them that are very collectible actually have kind of the pattern of a fern leaf. Those are extremely valuable and very um, desired. The pure ones for pennants and earrings and gemstones are very well desired. Um, they are not super hard like diamonds and rubies and such, so if you do decide to wear one of these, you want to be careful. Um, there is a lot of fake Moldavite out there, so you need to make sure you go to a good source. There's a Moldavite museum in Czech Republic. You can look that up. I don't have the link right here, but it would be very easy to look up. They sell Moldavite. I would think they would be a good um, source. I can't verify that, or I cannot um, you know, put my stamp of approval on that, but that's something to look into if you're very interested. Um, identifying Moldavite, again, you know, is a little bit different because it does look a lot like uh, typical uh, obsidian-type glass, and there is greens, and there's, you know, peridot and things like that, but you need to look at this and make sure that uh, you find it because it is not like a volcanic type of uh, of glass. So they look through a microscope and they see um, when they look into it, they look at the faceted, uh, the facets and the pavilion. They see dark rounded inclusions that look kind of like a donut. Um, it's an air bubble trapped in Moldavite. Um, and you can see that the smaller, dark, rounder inclusions and smaller bubbles uh, and swirls are flow lines of the Moldavite. Those are the veinages that I was telling you about, that pattern. That's evident that the molten material was solidified, was in a chaotic motion 
um, immediately before it solidified and became a solid. And the bubbles and flow lines are what are the dead giveaway. In uh, volcanic, typically the bubbles are going to be more rounded. These bubbles are going to kind of travel in a direction. Um, you can see a picture there and look at that um, as a way of being able to tell. Now, you will need a real lab and uh, to give a 100% positive identification or um, a good uh, appraiser could also do that for you and those are uh, easy to look up just make sure they're um, GIA certified but you can look at uh, you know 10 time um, and and get an idea of what the differences are in the bubbles that are inside as opposed to the volcanic or the moldavite to kind of positively ID your sample as being legitimate all right. Um, again, another little fact about uh, these moldavites. These are called uh, tektites, which means that they have come from uh, outer space or from a meteorite and uh, landed on the Earth. So one more thing to uh, put in your cap. All right. So, guys, please support our channel. Subscribe, like, share. Go to all our links, sign up, join in, and be a part of it. All the links can be found at the pod at the blog at radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. And remember, folks, rock hounds don't die, they petrify.